Welcome to another episode of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. I'm John Mark DeRoe. I'm sitting here with my good friend Jonathan Hafes this afternoon, and we are absent Brad today. Yeah, and you know, I would just like to take this opportunity to say I have, I have nothing bad to say about Brad Brown. Taking the high road. He is a wonderful person, and my heart is grieved that he is not here with us today. Side note, I was thinking about this. Uh, we're like, what, almost 30 episodes in now to this podcast? Oh, yeah, over half a year. And I was thinking, we don't have a name for our studio yet. And it would be nice, as we introduce the podcast, we could say, hey, we're here at blah, 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 blah. The Brad like, Brown Memorial Studio. <laughs> <laughs> in, in Yeah. You know, like some people use fancy words like HQ, which is just an abbreviation for headquarters. Yeah, yeah. Do, so it could be like you, Studio HQ. Do you have something to propose? Do you have something in All mind? All I'm saying is, here's our charge for the week. Okay. <laughs> this is our charge. And for listeners, too, you can email your ideas. By next week, next week's podcast, we need to have a studio name studio figured name. out. So, Brad... I know you're at the beach this week. It's okay. He's not actually doing anything at <laughs> the beach because it's probably just raining the whole time. Or um, He's headed to the beach, and there are two hurricanes headed this way. Right. So think about a studio name and Jonathan, and then all the listeners can think about one, too. You and we'll, we'll figure it out next week. You Maybe can we'll email. take an Instagram poll, too. Oh, that sounds Get nice. Get fancy. Yeah, you can email uh, shade, oh, no, midweek. Midweek. <laughs> midweek at shadesvalley.org. But I'm really excited, yeah. even though Brad's not here and that grieves my heart, I'm really excited because we have a very, very special guest joining us today. You think I'm special? Oh yeah, there is one <laughs> and only, the one and only Allison Davis is in is in the studio. Oh, See, wow. that's where we need the studio name again. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, it just makes it more official. Allison, welcome to the soon-to-be-named studio. Thank you. I love being at insert studio name here. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I'm that interesting, so I'm excited that you'll ask me to be here. Oh, it's too, you're so humble. I, I am. <laughs> I am, aren't I? <laughs> oh, no, we're really glad uh, that you're here. For those who don't know, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit at some point, but Allison uh, interned with us for a year. Um, she's very close to finishing her time at Beeson Divinity School and as, as a part of that program, had to have an internship and did that here at Shades Valley. So I'm sure we'll talk about that along the way. And I'm still here. It, she is. You didn't leave. <laughs> I did not leave. Still here. And we are very, very grateful for that. Uh, most of you may know her from her weekly starring role during our early live streams of the pandemic era. That's um, right. She was Those still interning when, when that started, and so nearly every week she had some on-camera job. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks for, for coming. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, so let's just start. Um, tell us a little bit about how you grew up. Yeah, I am from not far away. I'm from South Mississippi. I say I'm from Hattiesburg because that's the city most people know. I'm technically from Petal, P-E-T-A-L. It's a city of about 10,000 right outside of Hattiesburg. But I tell people I'm from Hattiesburg, um, about an hour from the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Now, I immediately have a question. Okay. How do people near and right outside of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, feel about Alabama? Okay. Yeah, it's it's a hate. 
Because I'm just I'm just curious how it works coming from that it's direction. It's a hate. Because I grew up in Georgia. Yeah. Where we made fun of Alabama all the time. And we and Mississippians do as well. And, and now I, I live in Alabama, yeah. which Alabama just kind of makes fun of everybody to their mm-hmm. west. So. Yeah, I I personally actually make fun of Louisiana more than I make fun of Alabama. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Alabama's kind of hate for Mississippi was so strong until mm-hmm. I moved here and yeah, heard about the saying, true. like, at least we're not Mississippi. And yeah. I was like, wait, that's offensive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if uh, Alabama's 49th, Mississippi was the 50th yeah. would be the would be Yeah, the but, and I, but I don't really think it has to do with, like, proximity more than it does with college football. It's fun. Exactly. That's but, where that's where it really lies, I think, the yeah. root of it all. It's all college football in the for SEC. Sure. Yeah. What's funny to me, though, is that the South in this regard totally acts like a family does. Like, in other words, the, like, I can pick on my siblings, but you can't pick on my siblings kind of mentality. Like, like the southern states all make fun of each other, Mm -hmm. but then they also have this collective identity. Except for Florida, because everyone makes fun of Florida. Florida's not a a southern state. It's really not. It's a country to its own. See, growing up in South Georgia, our joke was you could drive north in both directions. Oh, wow. That That was our joke. Except North Florida. North Florida is really just South South Georgia. Okay, yeah. we've gotten so far off now track. Now that we've offended everyone geographically <laughs> listening. <laughs> now that we've offended every state in the Southeast. Um, so okay, anyway, so I'm, there. I'm yeah. from Mississippi. And so to me, Birmingham is the big city. Yes. And uh, moving here, I was like, it's it's a bustling metropolis. And <laughs> obviously, there are much larger cities than Birmingham. Also, I was shocked by the fact that y'all have, like, mountains. I have been informed that there are more hills than mountains <laughs> by people who live in more mountainous areas. But I'm like, no, these are mountains. I'm from Flatland. Right. right this right, is right. mountains. And so for the first few years I lived here, my ears would pop going up hills because I was just not accustomed to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I grew up in South Mississippi. I am an only child. Um, and I, I don't oh, know if I knew that. Really? Yeah. People I'm, normally kind of give me the face. You probably have told me that before and I forgot. They, they kind of give me the face like, oh, you're an only child. See, but you don't strike me as the stereotype of The stereotypical, child. very entitled, gets everything they want, yeah. that kind of thing. My parents didn't raise me that way. I know. You're very humble. I'm so humble. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's my spiritual gift. Um, And my parents are both believers. So, you know, by the time that I was born, if the doors of our Southern Baptist Church were open, I was there um, from a very young age. And that kind of goes into my testimony of being at the church so young. Um, I started asking questions about life after death around age four. As as one does, <laughs> as as one does. I was actually going to ask you uh, about this. I was going to ask you, like, as you told us about how you grew up, can you tell us how you became a believer? Yeah, it. You know, if I'm telling my life story, it comes pretty early, just in there naturally, because, like I said, I was four or five years old, and I was asking my mother about life after death, and she did the best possible job explaining to a four year old um, salvation and eternal life and heaven and hell. Um, and I would ask her questions about like, okay, when will I know that I need to make that profession of faith? Of course, I didn't say it in those words. Those are big words. Um, but when will I know when I need to become a Christian and do that thing you're telling me about? And she said, you know, you will know the Lord will let you know. Um, and so from a young age, my parents knew like, okay, like 
you know, her profession of faith is coming. Um, and I was five years old. I'm one of those people who can remember a time and place. Hmm. Very specifically, I was five years old eating a hot dog at our kitchen table and some Fritos corn chips. And I felt what I believe to be the Holy Spirit prompting me to be like, okay, like now's the time. It's the time, like almost could feel it. And my mom very wisely had to explain to me, salvation is not a feeling. Sure, sure. Um, she's very theologically sound. Um, but I felt something. And so I looked over at my mom. I'm like, hey, mom, I'm like, I want to be saved. <laughs> she's like, oh, okay. Um, so she called over her spiritual mentor, Miss Bobby and Miss Bobby, uh, talked to me about sin, making sure I knew that I was a sinner. I could point to like my first like lie that I told in preschool and I was like, yeah, I am a sinner. I did bad stuff. (laughs) Um, she asked me if I believed in who Jesus was, that he was the son of God, um, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the dead, um, And I believed all of those things. And so she kind of walked me through a prayer of receiving salvation and giving my life to the Lord. And so I did that. And then I was baptized um, shortly before I turned six. And I had to stand on a a brick. Oh, yeah. Big cinder block. Uh, Yeah. I had to stand on a brick in the baptistry because I would have drowned. If I did not, um, if you've never met me or seen me, I am four foot nine and 25 years old. So imagine what size I was when I was five. Um, and so, yeah, that's where it all kind of began and becoming a believer so young, I kind of went through the motions growing up in your typical Baptist household, um, VBS, Bible drill, Bible study, um, RHGAs. We did not have those. I did not know what those were until I moved here to Alabama. What did y'all do on Wednesday nights? Did you have a wana? We had um, training union. Oh, yeah. No, no. No, that's that's, (laughs) that's still hardcore SBC. Yeah, we had like discipleship training, training union. For people that did not grow up in these atmospheres, we are like speaking a foreign language to them right now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, we'll move on. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so like many people who became believers... At a young age, it wasn't until when I joined youth group that the faith became something that was really hmm. real and something that I realized was a day-to-day um, giving of yourself, repenting and following the Lord, um, a life devoted to prayer and scripture reading. When I was about nine years old, I started doubting my salvation. Satan just kind of hit me really hard with a lot of doubts hmm. um, by the fact, you know, I was a kid and I made this profession of faith and was baptized. I just was barraged with, you were too young. If you died right now, you'd go to hell. Like, you're not saved. And it was traumatic for a nine-year-old to feel like, but but I do love Jesus, and I do believe in him. Well, it's not real because you were young. You're going to hell. Mm. Um, And so we consulted Miss Bobby, my mom's spiritual mentor again, Um, and I was never felt after that meeting that, I was lost. I I knew that when I was a child, the Lord saved me, and that was not my doing. That was God's doing. I don't know who this Miss Bobby is, but I want to meet her and know her. (laughs) Miss Bobby, look, she could pray for, like, hours. Like, I remember corporate prayer with Miss Bobby. One time I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) We would go over to her house because she was like, you know, she and her husband, uh, Brother Joe, were mentors to my parents. And, um... 
yeah, one time I, I, I fell asleep while she was praying at her house. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Marathon uh, prayers. Marathon, marathon prayers. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, and so high school was very formative for me, um, and then college even more so. I went. Now, where'd you go to undergrad? Yeah, I went uh, 15 minutes away from home. All right. Still in South Mississippi, still in Hattiesburg, William Carey University. Okay. So named after the Baptist father of modern missions, yes. William Carey. Yes. I could tell you more. I used to give tours. The university <laughs> is very small, um, but it's growing now. Um, and I went there, and that's, you know, a time when a lot of people kind of turn away from the faith. Or they really dig in deep. And I was so blessed to be at a Christian university where I was everywhere I looked. I was hit in the face with scripture, with the Holy Spirit, with the community of saints. Um, And so there is where I started developing an interest in love for ministry. But I studied English uh, and I minored in psychology. So I can read things, and I can talk about things, and I can write things. <laughs> Listen, I'm very jealous of your English undergraduate degree. I tell people all the time that if I could redo my undergraduate, I would have gotten it in English. That, that would have been, or, or literature or something would have been way better prep it's for, really, for seminary. It's really helpful for seminary because in seminary you need to know how to read and engage and interpret the text of scripture but if you tell someone you have an english degree they're automatically like oh so you teach right no no i don't (laughs) sure sure i really don't so what uh what led to the decision to go to seminary yeah so when i was a sophomore at william carey um my church very large church in south mississippi hired me as a student ministry intern and boy, oh boy, the student <laughs> ministry stories, like all you have to say is student ministry and a lot of people like their life flashes, but like all the things, yeah. you know? Um, and so I worked for about three years for that church as a student ministry intern, um, leading small group Bible study for middle school girls, helping plan and prep sermon series. And then of course the fun youth ministry things of putting out chairs making Walmart runs. The most interesting the most interesting thing I did was at one point I had to buy 40 boxes of lime jello. Yes. For a youth <laughs> game we were playing. Yes. So, you know, youth <laughs> ministry, seen it done it all. Um, oh, yeah. And I fell in love with it. You know, it was really like an internship job, but I was thinking, you know, this could be my life, like somehow working in ministry could be my life it you know doesn't have to be this just one-time internship right and so at the time I was thinking I would probably be a teacher with my English degree because once again that's what everyone expects you to do sure but I didn't really want to do that um and so it just kind of clicked one day it was like you know like ministry is a thing you can do that and I was like oh I can okay (laughs) so um I was really blessed to have that opportunity to work at that church for so long um, and work with some great pastors. Um, the pastor, the youth pastor who hired me, Seth Connerly, who is amazing and wonderful, he um, ended up getting a job in North Carolina while I was still an intern. And I remember on his last day as I sat in his office um, and I was still working there, he said, okay, 
Allison, well, he called me McSwain, which is my maiden name at the time. He said, McSwain, you got to promise me something. You're going to go to seminary. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I will. Had he been having conversations with you about that? Like, he had. That? Okay. He had. Um, and the thing is, he hates. He hated seminary. He hated school. And um, I know he's thankful he's done it. But, like, he's just not a school-loving sure. person. And the fact that he told me to go to school and do that um, meant a lot. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and so I started looking up schools um, at that time, I was leaning towards one that was across the country in California. My uh, parents did not like the idea of me moving across the country. I don't know why. You moved <laughs> so far away from college. So just 15 minutes. On the road. <laughs> but I did live on campus at college, which was very nice. Good, sure. Sure. good for my independence. So well, how, how'd you find Beeson? Yeah, I believe it's a very providential thing from the Lord. Um I was considering seminaries. I was like, well, maybe should I go online? Um, and I had a good professor who talked me into like, hey, don't limit yourself. You can go somewhere and do anything. Like, why get a small, you know, seminary degree? Why not just go for the big one? Why not do the MDiv? Go for it. I was like, oh, okay, I'll try that. Um, and so while talking to my mother about, you know, potential seminaries, she was like, please don't move that far away. Is there a school close by that has like a divinity school or seminary? And she starts rattling off names. Sure. She's like, well, what about Samford? Um, we went to Samford for a mission fuge camp when I was in middle oh, school. Yeah. yeah. And so to appease my mom, I Google it and I find out Samford does indeed have a divinity school. It's Beeson. And I look at that web page I fall in love with it and I apply that night and within two weeks I was on campus interviewing yeah I, I'm gonna have to tell you like I think I've shared most of my story with you at some point I'm not gonna do it right now because this is your episode <laughs> <laughs> no please please but our stories parallel each other so much like in in how we ended up at, at Beeson and such and we just have very similar backgrounds both yeah. growing up in the SBC and all of that but uh, no, so that's. Did you find it through a random Google search as well? Oh yes. No. Oh yes, I googled seminaries in Alabama. <laughs> Dude, the Lord uses all things. If He can use a donkey, He can use Google. There you go. So the um, but yeah, I'll tell you the full story sometime. But that's awesome. We have more questions about your story and such. But before we do that, Jam, what are we gonna do next? Lightning round. The, the lightning <laughs> round. We need, I we need so theme music excited. or something. Yes, we need a lightning round theme song to go with the the naming of the studio. The naming of the studio. Okay, next week. All right, there's big things coming next week. Big things. So many things. For those of you who don't know, uh, lightning round is an original idea that we stole from other podcasts, and the goal here is just to ask uh, Allison some crazy, ridiculous things, and for her to answer. As quickly as possible with the first thing that comes. Or there's mind. some normal things. A little bit of crazy. I'm nervous because y'all roast every person when they oh like gosh. wait two seconds. What are you talking about? We don't roast like, anybody. If someone the deal. waits two <laughs> seconds, y'all are like, that's not lightning. That's, that's not fast well, enough. So, yeah, we've learned over time that there are some questions that take longer to answer. And some are more are quicker. So I've, I've mixed. I've gotten better at putting the questions together to hope, like hopefully make it go quicker jm but there's is gonna the be lightning round master not really but <laughs> we're yeah all right are you ready 
Let's uh, do this. It's going to be great. I'm nervous. Okay. It's going to be so good. That was my drum right. roll on the mic. I like to ask everybody this. To start off, how do you like your eggs? Scrambled or over hard? Okay. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok? Okay. <laughs> and uh, I added TikTok. This is the first time I've thrown that one the, in there. This is when I wish okay. everybody could see faces. When I was like Instagram totally, and then you said TikTok. Yeah, yeah. And are you on TikTok? I. It was a quarantine decision, <sighs> and like I so many millennials. I am. I am addicted. Uh. I. I really well. So TikTok is really Generation Z's thing. Right. People right. often peg like the youngest generation. They're like, oh, that's millennials. No, no. We we've grown up. We have jobs. This is true. We are contributing. This is to true. Society. Um. But millennial, a lot of millennials have gotten on TikTok because mm-hmm. we've realized that it is fun. So right now, I'm big on TikTok. So, you know, Instagram added their function that's called Reels. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like TikTok. No, it will not But will I'm not, not on replace. TikTok, so I don't know anything. You should, I'm telling you, if you give it a chance and you let that algorithm find things you like, you will be yeah. on it for hours. Listen, yeah. Brad, scary. Brad is the resident TikTok uh, he evangelist. He, he's yeah. tried. He's yeah. trying to get us on. <laughs> no, it's it's really interesting. And they're very considerate because they have these TikToks that after you've been scrolling for a while, someone comes up and tells you you've been scrolling for a while and they tell you to go drink water. <laughs> and like two go outside, no, get some exercise. And two nights ago, I apparently had been on TikTok for too long and someone popped up and told me I needed to go to bed. <laughs> go to bed. This is just proving That's the, really the, weird. the title of our social media episode, <laughs> The right. Digital Slot Machine. That's right. Oh, okay. Favorite Disney movie? Um, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That one's so good. Solid choice. Didn't they remake that one recently? The, the live they action. They did. And did you see that? A lot of people did not like it. I have not I seen it. I loved it. Yeah. Okay. I, they have a beautiful original song in there called mm-hmm. Evermore, and it's beautiful. I liked it, um, but they could do anything with Beauty and the Beast and I'd be down for it. There you go. Dawn or dusk? Dawn. I do not like to stay up late. Alex and I go to bed at like nine every night. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> Biggest pet peeve? Oh, me. When people multitask while driving. Okay. Like on their phone. Yes. That's that's They're legitimate. putting on makeup. And the thing is, I'm a total hypocrite. I multitask <laughs> while driving. <laughs> Like, Don't we all? Like, I look for a <laughs> podcast while driving. Yeah. But if my husband does it, oh, my word. Absolutely not. Right. Yeah. Right. Not okay. Right. <laughs> Most surprising thing about marriage. Most surprising thing about marriage. Even though we haven't talked about that, you are married. I am married. Oh, what happened? Not for that long. How long have you been married now? A year. Oh, a year. It was a year on August 3rd, 2020. Yes. That's still that's still newlyweds. So new. I think so fresh. The most thing, the thing that surprised me the most, is that the first year for us wasn't as bad as people prepared us for. When we were getting right. married, a lot of people were like, "Okay, now you know it's hard. Marriage is hard." Mm-hmm. Almost to like where they were scaring us. I'm like, yeah. right. "What am I getting myself into? Is it that bad?" Mm-hmm. And then. It was okay. I mean, of course, we're two sinful, broken people, so we're going to have our disagreements and we're going to be selfish. But I was just kind of surprised, like, this really isn't that that bad yet. <laughs> I think as a result of the pandemic and quarantine, everybody should get to add a year to how long they say they've been married. <laughs> so y'all should be allowed to say you've been married for two years. 
half of our marriage has been in a pandemic. Because you've doubled the amount it's, of time. It's true. <laughs> it's together. true. Oh. Anyway, okay. Clocking those hours. All right. Last Halloween costume. My last Halloween costume. Uh, in college, I was um, Blossom from the Power oh. uh, the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, sorry, I'm older. I thought I'm she older was talking you. about I, that yeah, too. Yeah, uh, what was that show? Malum Balik Milum Malum. I can't remember how to name. It was Blossom. Blossom was the name of the show. Blossom was the name of the show. Yeah, and Do you know what we're but talking Mayim about. Malum Balik from uh, Big Bang. Yes. Yeah. So she was a like teenage teeny bopper star. I think it was on Nickelodeon. It was Nick or uh, Disney. It or was something one, like that. It was that. one of those. Probably but Nickelodeon. It was a show, probably... Was it Nick at Night? Was early it? 90s. I don't remember. Late 80s. I'll look it up here in just a Never minute. Never heard yeah, of No, that. I totally watched Blossom mm-hmm. back in the day. But <laughs> I, I do remember the, the Powerpuff Girls. Yes, yeah, so I was Blossom, <laughs> and I had a friend who was Bubbles on a friend who was Buttercup. Bubbles was the blue one. Yes, with <laughs> the blonde hair. Yeah. Are you impressed right now? I don't know anything <laughs> about Powerpuff Girls. So you're Cartoon Network, man. I, yes, I do know that. All right, have you ever worn socks with sandals? I have, very yeah. rarely, but Fashion. it's only with chacos. Okay. Wear sockos, you know, socks and chacos, sockos. All right. Uh, is double dipping ever acceptable at a party? At a party, no, if there's a shared. Especially right now. If there's a shared <laughs> dip cup. If you have your own personal serving of dip, right. of course you may double dip. Go to town. Um, but if you are sharing a large bowl, do not. Have you ever double dipped at a party? I think when I was a child. Bowl? Yeah. When I was a child, but my parents, I distinctly remember my parents teaching me not to do that. I remember the double dip lesson. Off the cuff, what's your favorite type of dip? My favorite type of dip. I love what a kind of combination. I love a good. Like? Um, a good white queso. Mm. Um, I love a good guacamole. Taco Mama's guacamole is my favorite guacamole. Yeah. It's so good. Um, and I can go for some French onion sometimes. With some, oh, yeah. Some Lay's potato chips. All right, final question. I, I just wanted to throw in that uh, <laughs> Blo- Blossom was... He's just 19- looking at us. Blossom like, was 1990 to 1995. Yeah. Okay. So it was an I, early 90s show. The, the tagline here on uh, IMDb is, a teenage girl living in a house run by men <laughs> dreams what life would be like if she lived in a more conventional family. I don't remember what her living situation was, but like I think her mom maybe had passed mm-hmm. or something like that, and she lived with like her dad and uncle or something. But yeah. I do remember that. I had remember a bunch of like the daydream show. scenes. Yeah. And stuff like I've that. I've never once heard of that. We're just revealing our age right now. Never once. She is so young. Yeah, very young. Maya Balik. Balik. So young. I always mess it up every time. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's def- Look at the hair. That's so 90s. Yeah. It's pretty great. All right. Why can't we tickle ourselves? <laughs> it's not one. <laughs> Not one of Why? I've thought of. <laughs> I, I'm trying to give it some serious thought oh, here. So um, and I want to be very sciencey and be like, well, you know, nerves. Um, so I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with so that. So that's probably my, wait, nerves. Central nervous system. Nerves. Nerves system and nervous system. I think because Emotional probably reactions. because your brain is prepared for it. Yeah. Um, I think it has something to do with. Fear, like the fear, or <clears throat> just that that it creates that sensation, that anticipation. Jonathan, can yeah. you look that up? Because now I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll work on it here in a minute. 
But next week. But <laughs> stay tuned. We'll put so it on next week. So much stuff coming up next week. It's um, gonna be a big episode. This is what happens when Brad's gone. He, he's not here to wrangle things, and we just we just chase whatever rabbits we want. Um, yeah, that was a great job. Yeah. That's it. That was fantastic. Was it wasn't that bad at all. I passed the test. Oh, passed. so good. Thank you. That for was like probably the best lightning round we've ever you. had. I think. Thank Line you for not colors. roasting me. So to get back to the serious questions now, tell us uh, how you and Alex met. Yes, I love to tell this story. Um, Alex, my husband, and I met on the internet. We met via a dating app called Coffee Meets Bagel. I have never heard of that. Coffee Meets Bagel. Yes, it's a lesser known one. It was developed by three sisters with like female safety in mind. Um, Wow. And so at the time, I was very discontent in my singleness. I'd been that way on and off for several years. In 2017, I was in three weddings. And kind of that always a bridesmaid, never a bride thing was really, really hitting hard. Um, my best friends were married. Um, and while I was happy for them, I had still not been on a date in three years. And so I, uh, I was very discontent in my singleness at the time. Um, and a good friend named Joy recommended, hey, why don't you download this app, Coffee Meets Bagel? I've used it before. It seems like safe. Um, it doesn't even like show your name unless you match with someone. Um, just try it out. So I did. And he was my first ever person to come up as someone who liked me. Um, And I was like, oh, and I thought he was cute. Um, (laughs) And then I got scared and I deleted the app. (laughs) (laughs) And um, time passed and I tried some other dating apps. I talked to some people, never met anyone. Um, Was still just kind of like working with the Lord on my contentment and having to realize that, you know, the Lord is enough and marriage isn't going to solve all my problems. Um, what? I know. <laughs> but since I was three years old, I've wanted to like get married and have a wedding and be in love. Something I kind of idolized growing up. And I think we tend to idolize that in the church, especially in the South. Sure. I've had friends who are from Northern States. One friend from New York said, it's so weird down here. Like, we don't get married until we're 30 up north. Right, right. Why is everyone married out of high school here? And I was like, oh, this is how we do it. And so when I was, like, 22 and not married, I was like, something's wrong with me. Right, right, and my own parents didn't get married that. until their mid-30s. Yeah. So, of course, my mom was like, Allison, chill. And I was like, no, I'm never going to find love. Um, and so the Lord was working on me in that season. And um, I, after a while, was like, you know what? That guy that liked me on that Coffee Meets Bagel app was cute. Um, maybe I should give him a chance and go re-download it. So I re-download Coffee Meets Bagel. I find his profile, and I like him. Well, little did I know, Alex had deleted his dating apps. <laughs> and so at that time when I'm waiting on him, he had deleted his dating apps. He was like, I'm not going to do it. going to take some more time. For myself and the Lord. And so some more months pass. And the Lord kind of gives him some affirmation of, okay, I want you to try it again. Like, it's okay for you to try this whole dating app thing again. So he does. And the night that he does, um, my profile had popped up that I'd liked him. And we began talking on Coffee Meets Bagel. Over the course of our chat, um, he shared his entire testimony. That's right. 
Bold. Over a dating app. Bold. <laughs> which is so not like my husband. He was like, I've, I've never done that before. Like, um, But after he did that, we were like, okay, well, let's meet in person. Since you've given me your full testimony, like, let's just meet in person. So um, my parents were not thrilled with the idea of me meeting a guy from the internet, which is understandable. Sure. Um, I told my best friend... Um, okay, I'm going to text you in all clear by this time. If I do not text you in all clear by this time, call the police. I've been murdered. Um, <laughs> just the world we live in, you know? Can't be too careful. Um, and where, where were y'all meeting? Yeah, we met for coffee at Revelator. Naturally, and bagels. And bagels. Yeah. <laughs> no, people make that joke. We did not. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? We were the first ones to make that joke, weren't we? Yeah, no. We didn't have bagels. Um, we met for coffee. I was very nervous. When I got my coffee, my hands were like shaking. And I just tried to make a joke about it to Alex. I was like, ha ha, look. <laughs> um, we sat down, we talked, and coffee went well. And he had planned that if coffee went well, he would ask me to dinner. So coffee did go well, and he asked me to dinner. And we went to Brick and Tin right there. Nice. In Mountain Brook. I love Brick and Tin. Yes, delicious. And we had dinner outside. And so we were together probably for about four hours, that first date. And we broke all the first date rules. <laughs> you know, they tell you, like, don't talk about your past relationships. Right. Don't right. bring up too many of your flaws. Like, no, we put it all out there mm. on our first date. Because I'm very much an open book. I, I'll tell you anything you want to know, really. Which probably isn't the best way to be. <laughs> especially in ministry. Um, <laughs> need some discretion. Um, but we just kind of... We're both like, all right, yeah, here's me. Take it or leave it. It went well. And so we continued dating from there. And how long did y'all date before you got married? Yeah. So he proposed to me on the one year anniversary of our first date. Awesome. Which he did not want to do because it's cheesy and corny. (laughs) But what he had done was, I don't know if you know this story, for Valentine's Day that year, he had made me a bunch of date boxes. Alex is a wonderful romantic, and he's very creative. And um, one of the date boxes was going to be the I'm proposing date. I didn't know that. And I picked that box for our one-year anniversary. Nice. And so it ended... So it's your fault. It's my (laughs) fault. But I think that's very bold of him to just kind of leave it up to me when we got engaged. I like it, though. No, it was so risky. Um, And so we got engaged on our one-year anniversary, even though he didn't want to do that. That's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's cool. So you guys got married. How... uh, What what made you guys decide on Shades being your home church? Yeah. So Alex had been here a few years um, before... Uh, I moved to Birmingham. He started coming to Shades because of his sister and his brother-in-law, Stephanie and Hunter Davis. Um, Stephanie Davis married a Davis, so it's like yes, it's like Davis is all Davis, around. Davis. Davis is all around. Um, and so he moved here um, and kind of came along to church with them. Loved it, and he was going here. I had a youth ministry job at another church in town. And then I started looking for another church um, and ended up going to a more what we would call high church church. Mm -hmm. So more formal liturgy. um, And I fell in love with that. It was an Anglican church, right? It was an Anglican church. Um, Still love the Anglican church. And so I was doing that. Alex was here and we got engaged and we needed to, you know, figure out something. Sure. Um, 
Alex came with me to the High Church Anglican Church and was very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but he is the sweetest man in the world. And so afterwards, he, uh, I was like, okay, what did you think? And he said, well, I was very uncomfortable, but not so uncomfortable that I wouldn't do it again. And of course, I was like, oh, I got him. Yes, I'm winning. It's going to be it. Uh, and I came with him to Shades. And I don't know if you know this, but I was not vibing when I first came here. It's okay. I, I was very uncertain. Um, and it was because of the fact that everything was so free. Mm. And I was really attracted to that structure and that we stand here, we sit here. And at the end of every shade service, it's so open and free for the spirit to move. It's like, I'm like, what do you mean? Some people stand and some people <laughs> sit and you don't all get communion at the same time. You just, you just go when you want to. Right, right. And I was like floored by that, like freedom. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And that's what Alex loved so much about shades is that you're not expected to do this 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 and i was like no i like that i like people telling me what to do and i like structure and so i told the lord i was like lord you're gonna just have to work on my heart if this is the place where i do need to end up and then of course the lord was like okay and then boom i immediately <laughs> fell in love with shades and was like this is the best church ever i love everything about this place um i especially fell in love with um, just the way that y'all honor and practice the priesthood of all believers. I've never been to a church that recognizes the priesthood of all believers as much as shades. And by that, I mean um, the fact that every believer is called to be a priest, meaning they make intercession, they pray, that every believer is called to, to some degree, teach God's word, um, that every believer is called to share the gospel. And so you give your members the opportunity to do things in the service. Every Sunday, men and women, young people and older people, are reading scripture in front of the congregation. They're praying over the congregation. They're serving communion. You have leaders of all generations and both genders um, serving in ministry teams and heading up missions and heading up that and heading up greeting. And so you've given such responsibility to the members of your church instead of as, you know, oh, we're the pastors, we do this. Um, I was floored by that, and I so appreciate that. So that's one thing I really fell in love with. Um, I also fell in love with the fact that we take communion every Sunday, um, except for we normally fast during Lent from communion. But There's a couple of liturgical things we sneak in. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and that's what I loved about attending a more traditional high church is that communion was every Sunday and that kind of became like a non-negotiable for me. So I think it's beautiful that here at Shades we do it every week. Um, and thirdly, what I really fell in love with is um, just the exegetical expositional preaching. <laughs> so big words meaning that your preaching is Bible based. You don't say, okay, I'm going to take this topic and let's find scriptures that fit that topic. You start with the Bible. The Bible is always what's in charge. Um, uh, Brad actually preached the first time that I visited Shades, and he mm. did a great job. And I remember people joking about him passing out or something. Oh, um, right. yeah. 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 And that I, was before you came. It was. And so, like, the whole time he was preaching, I kept hearing people murmur, and I was like, what is going on here? I was like, I think he's doing great. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've... I love and appreciate so much y'all's preaching. 
Um, and the fact that it is word-centered. You're not trying to tell people what they want to hear. Uh, you're telling people what God wants to say. So I immediately, after, well, not immediately, after the Lord kind of showed me those things, I fell in love with Shades, and it came time for me, hey, Allison, you need a church to do your internship at for Beeson. I was like, okay, I like this one. Maybe they'll let me. <laughs> I remember that coffee. Yeah. I remember us sitting and down and We got coffee. About it was me, you, and Brad. And um, I was just kind of like, hey, we don't know each other much. <laughs> I'm Allison. Can I work for you for a year? And it was fantastic. We loved we loved every minute of it. It was great. Um, and and maybe, maybe it's just that we have a really big trust relationship with Beeson. Brad and I both, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Brad and I both are Beeson grads and and Beeson is, is pretty selective with their student body. And so the fact that you had Beeson's stamp of approval, you had uh, Stephanie and Hunter Davis and obviously Alex's stamp of approval were like, these are all good people we know and love and trust. So, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. But it, it was a joy of ours to get to know you more and more and get to work with you. And one thing I'd love for you to talk about before we just kind of is wrapping up. Uh, is part of your internship here, as part of it, you began a college women's Bible study, um, which is still going, uh, even though you're not officially working. You're like, I, I love this. We're going to keep doing yes. this. Um, I I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit uh, about that, if there are any students, uh, college ladies that are listening that would want to be a part of it, kind of what y'all do. And, um, and I know that w specifically... I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, the fact that y'all center your time together on the word. Um, it's not a, a discussion of hot topics for college students kind of thing. You know, y'all have walked through Psalms. Y'all have walked through our, are y'all still walking through Hebrews? We're still in Hebrews. We're going very slowly through Hebrews. There you go. Well, it may be like a John situation. We're like, we, it might be <laughs> a few years down the road. <laughs> and the fre the freshmen have graduated, and we finally, you know, gotten through. I'll Hebrews. never live it down. I will do sermon series after this that are longer than John, but <clears throat> yeah, John will definitely. always be referenced as if For it sure. took a million years. Anyway, um, but but why why y'all choose to do that? Um, because I think most people, when they think about doing like a college Bible study, say, "Well, let's talk about all the different mm -hmm. things college students are dealing with," or or that they're going to be interested in. So why y'all chosen to center on the word and, and what effect that's had on the group, that kind of thing. So just talk about your group. Absolutely. I love our Bible study group. I lead it with Emily Knight, who is a fellow Beeson student. Um, and she went to Shades through her Samford undergrad career. Um, and so our first semester, we went through the Psalms, just picking a Psalm at random. And now we are in Hebrews, and we started that mm, a semester ago. So we're, we're in like chapter seven now. Um, and I personally love, my favorite way to do a small group study is to just take a book of the Bible and walk through it slowly. I think there are a lot of great curriculum book studies out there. That's sure. actually something I want to do with my degree is hopefully write Bible study curriculum. Um but I personally would rather just sit down with the word, do some study. I'm not, I'm not just pulling all of this out of my head. Like, I, I think this is what sure, the author sure. of yeah. Hebrews is saying. Of course, you need to consult the church tradition and consult um, some people that are a lot smarter and holier than you. Um, 
but that's my favorite thing to do um, because I think of John 6, I think it's verse 68, where Jesus is asking his disciples, are you going to turn away? Or are you going to leave me too? And Peter says, no, what, like where else will we go? You have the words of life. Where, where else will we go? I'm, and with any, you know, small group study, you know, if we wanted to do it topically, where, I mean, where else would we go? The words of life are in God's word. And so while we, you know, will discuss a lot of issues that college students face, we do it as it flows out of God's word, because God's word, while it may not speak to specific things, every specific thing in detail, um, God has given us in his word everything that is necessary for life and salvation. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, a lot of us in college experience a lot of anxiety. Psalm 116 is my favorite psalm. We talked about it two semesters ago. Um, So just every situation in our life, I believe, can be spoken to by God's word um, as revealed by the Holy Spirit. That's another reason um, I love to do discussions based around the word is because um, it's not just people (laughs) talking and it's not just my thought. Um, The word is inspired, was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so when we read and discuss the word, that same spirit who inspired the word is working to make sure that that word does not return void. So there's that beautiful supernatural element as well, that when the word is read and discussed, something's going to happen that brings glory to God. I, I, I found that when you work your way through books of the Bible, you often actually end up encountering and covering more quote unquote topics than if you were to try to approach something topically. When I, when I early on in youth ministry days, I definitely kind of came out of a topical preaching background and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I found like, you know, when I'm brainstorming what topics I want to cover, I actually end up becoming pretty repetitive mm-hmm. and just kind of covering the same things over and over again, which is, which versus, in walking through scripture, I'm forced into places I wouldn't naturally go. I'm forced to talk about things I wouldn't uh, naturally talk about. And it, it just, and I also found that versus me trying to decide what uh, people needed and when they needed it, um, the, the spirit did a lot better job um, <laughs> just through the word, like bringing us to the exact places we needed to be when we needed to be there for the word that we needed to have and needed to hear. And so, yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful. Absolutely, and we're, yeah. we're, we're so thankful that, that you lead that group. So if, if a college lady wanted to be involved, what, how would she get more information? Yes, absolutely. We would love to have you. We actually have Sanford represented in our Bible study group, but we also have Birmingham Southern represented and we also have UAB represented. That's awesome. So you don't have to go to Sanford to be a part of this group. Um, about, about how many girls are in it? Oh gosh, we've, we've grown. And so I believe we're expecting, um, tomorrow on the 26th when we're recording this it'll be the 26th tomorrow um we're having uh we're expecting about 10 maybe more um we have a nice group chat but if you would like to learn more or reach out to me um you can email me directly i will give you my email over this podcast it is (laughs) go for it a m c s w a i one at samford.edu that's my school email um for beeson so yeah please reach out um, we would absolutely love to have you. And are yeah. y'all currently meeting like digitally via Zoom or are y'all meeting state, uh, in person but spaced out? Over the summer, we met via Zoom. 
And so we are going to try to start meeting in person outside socially distanced. Awesome. Um, and so that's what we're planning on doing now. Yeah, I was going to add, uh, if you're listening and you want to find out information, I believe you can go to shadesvalley.org and you should be able to find the community groups page mm-hmm. and you should be able to find uh, email address and, and all the info there. Hopefully it's updated. <laughs> if not, it's on Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Probably on me, but that's okay. We'll, we'll put it off on Brad. But y'all meet on Wednesday nights at? At 6.30. 6.30. It normally goes from 6.30 to about 8. Awesome. Because um, we do a lot of chatting, a lot of catching up. Sure. A lot of venting. <laughs> sure. Well, Allison, we thank you so much for coming in today and taking time to, to be interviewed. And you are you just started your final semester at Beeson Divinity School. Today. Today. Today wow. I started my last semester of seminary. So, so we will be praying for you. Thank you. And don't get senioritis. Push hard to the finish. You got this. Mm-hmm. I will. And uh, and we're excited for you and for what the Lord's going to continue to do through you and ministry in the future. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been another episode of Shades Midweek. We thank you for joining us, and we will see you next